the Devi Debate Draft Profile Show. Quarterback. Standing strong in the pocket, winds up down the field. Oh, he put the biscuit in the basket. When I'm looking at the quarterback position, it all comes down to the feet. You want to see what they're doing in the pocket, whether it's clean, whether they're under pressure, what they do when they get outside of the pocket. Can they make those off-platform throws? How good is their arm? Can they fit it into those tight windows? Running backs. And he's got an opening. Elliott, off to the races. Can they catch him? talking about running back for fantasy football you have to be able to do one you have to be one of two things but preferably both either one you are deployed in the passing game or two you are a tremendous size adjusted athlete those are the only two things that exist on the top of the food chain in fantasy football at running back being able to catch the ball wide receivers you got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. Hurt my feelings. So what do I look for when I'm evaluating wide receivers? There are really kind of three or four things that I like to look for when I'm watching these guys. The big one is how do they win? And I want to see a guy that can either win constantly in multiple ways, but if they can't. Yeah, so uh, I guess uh, welcome everybody to the third episode here of our draft profile shows. Uh, As always, it's Felix here, Matt here, and me. And this is not a drill. I am leading the show tonight. So the people have been asking for you. I guess you're going to talk today. You're not going to mute yourself. (laughs) No, no, there's going to be no muting here. Um, I wish I had the power to mute you guys. Something, you know, just boom. But um, so uh, today we're talking um, Ramondre Stevenson. I think you guys all know that Felix is talking about him. We've got Jamar Jefferson, again, very much a Matt guy. And then I'm going to talk Khalil Herbert. I felt, I felt like he was kind of a, a guy that's maybe in that, that region of player. Um, I guess we'll save Ramondre for last because I think he's probably consensus-wise the top guy of the three we're talking about. Do you guys agree with that, Matt? No, not at I all. Agree. I agree with that. I agree well, with that whole it, Yeah, it's it's two two to one, and I'm the driver, so my vote counts as three. So you just got you just got crushed on that one. Man. I mean, I feel like it's Jamar, Khalil Herbert, then Ramondre. Why why do we want Eddie Lacy in the NFL? We've already seen that not that's Eddie a failure. Uh, I disagree. See, this is well, first Eddie Eddie Lacy had good years. Why wouldn't you want he had Eddie? Two Lacy? good years. When he well, and then he got burgers, and down. then he got hungry. Yeah, as long yeah, as Ramondre well, doesn't get Ramondre hungry, Ramondre might get hungry too. You seen him? He's a big boy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll wait and see. That's a wait and see. Uh, yeah, Matt, because we don't like size at that position. Yeah, that's no. the last thing we want is a big running back. Yeah, when you can't run anywhere, when he's got to take six steps to get going, you don't want him any. You don't want him going anywhere. Let's just let Matt ahead for the for the podcast audience. <laughs> All right, Matt, lead us off with Jamar. 
All right, so Jamar Jefferson, three-star uh, in the 2018 class. He received 10 offers. Uh, the top schools that he got were Utah, Colorado, Colorado State, and obviously Oregon State, which is who he chose to be an Oregon State Beaver. Uh, put up some pretty interesting stats in high school. Uh, let's see here. So on 284 carries, 4,448 yards, 44 touchdowns, or I'm sorry, 30 rushing touchdowns uh, that year. Caught the ball a lot as well. Was Wait, who am I looking at here? I'm not looking at Jamar Jefferson anymore. Makes sense while I was trying to figure out why there were passing touchdowns on there. Sorry. I'm doing a lot of work here tonight, guys, and I just got my profiles mixed up. That makes more sense. 368 carries for 2,237 yards. Don't worry, I won't cut this out since I continually mess up the beginning. We should not let me lead off anymore so I can make sure my stuff is ready. Uh, 23 rushing touchdowns, 29 catches for 282 yards and two touchdowns in high school. Coming into college, 5'10", 217. Uh, I thought had a really good freshman year, had like a, uh, it was almost a 30% dominator rating that freshman year, came in just completely balled out. You had Artavius Pierce, uh, who was the presumptive starter that year with uh, with the Oregon State Beavers. He ended up getting hurt. Jamar Jefferson comes in and just runs wild. I mean, looked amazing that freshman year. Coming into the sophomore year, everybody thought he would take that step forward. Two games in, gets an, an ankle injury. Now, we don't know what kind of injury, something we've talked about on this show in the Debbie Debate podcast. Colleges don't really have to share that information with anybody on the injury. So all, all we knew is that he got an ankle injury. He missed two games. When he came back, Artavius Pierce had taken back the starting job, and they kind of split carries for a while. He had a a really down season. It was not uh, not good at all, and that's, I think, the main reason why a lot of people started to fade him was just due to the fact that he had a really bad sophomore season after a good freshman season. Nobody was talking about him this year. Now, granted, the Pac-12 only played six games, which did not help him at all. Uh, it really kind of hurt him in the long run being only to, able to play six games. So his junior year, uh, it comes down, like I said, Pac-12 delayed the start of the season. It looked like Jefferson Stock was going to take another hit. Uh, did only get to play in six games, but in his first four, went over 100 rushing yards. Uh, just completely in those first four games, almost outrushed what he had done in his sophomore season. Uh, he reminded us all of the player that we fell in love with his freshman year. Uh, so his final stats ended up with just uh, 858 yards again in six games, 6.5 average, seven touchdowns. He did get nine catches for 67 yards. Uh, he forced 26 missed tackles, 19 explosive plays, which was 48th in the NCAA, 11 uh, 15 plus yard runs, a 44.2 breakaway percentage, uh, which is a good thing, by the way. You want the lower number possible in breakaway percentage. That means most of your yards came from your breakaway runs. So he was 119th in, in college, meaning that he was getting yards almost on every carry. You want to be more consistent, I guess, when you have a higher number, like 70, 80% of running backs, which you'll see when I put some stuff out here for uh, stuff I've got coming up for this upcoming class. The lower or higher percentage you have means that you're more boom bust. I mean, you're getting all of your runs or all of your yards on these big runs. Uh, and then his no game loss runs, which was one of the best in not just his class, best in college football last year, 13% of his runs went for no gain or losses, which means he was getting positive yards almost every time he touched the ball. Now, again, some of that you can't equate to only playing in six games. A lot of those other guys like Najee Harris, who I'll be honest, had a 12%, which is just ridiculous. Obviously played in more games, had a lot more carries than Jamar Jefferson. Some of that does play into that, having having more carries, because obviously you have more chances to get stopped behind the line. So my pros for him is his vision. Um, 
His vision, footwork, ladder, agility. I'm going to put all three of those together because I think that's the best part of his games. And that's my biggest thing when I'm scouting running backs. That's what I look for because I don't care about the long speed. I don't care if you can knock four guys over as you're running through the defense. Like, if you're getting yards, positive yards, not getting stopped in the backfield, I think that's going to make you successful running back in the NFL. So his vision, he runs with great vision. He easily sees cutback lanes, shows agility and footwork. As soon as he sees the hole, he bursts through the hole, which has allowed him to break off long runs, more so that we saw this year than last year. And even his freshman season, he got caught from behind a lot his freshman season. We actually saw him finish off some of those runs this year, which, which was good to see. He makes excellent jump comes to uh, jump cuts my god that sounded really bad i might need to let me change that he makes excellent jump cuts to avoid penetrating defenders in the backfield he excels in the short area due to his lateral mobility and agility he's demonstrated the ability to turn potential losses into long runs with just his ability to avoid defenders he demonstrates footwork and agility to avoid oops i already read that part he does really good uh, with good instincts to help make the uh, first tacklers miss. He also is a very good receiver out of the backfield. He demonstrates good ability on passing downs, uh, effective in pass pro as well, which I think is big for running backs at the next level, not like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire allowing Patrick Mahomes to get killed in the NFL. You want a guy who can actually stop a linebacker coming in. For his size, he does a pretty good job at it. Uh, and his contact balance, I do like his contact balance. He runs with a strong base, for the most part absorbs contact. You will not see him run through a lot of defenders, but he can get through those arm tackles and when guys just kind of try to come up and hit him with their shoulder, he tends to bounce off them. Uh, my cons on him, he doesn't run with good discipline at times. I think that sometimes he sees those guys kind of coming into the holes and he tries to bounce it outside too much instead of just taking what he can get, which is where some of those, those no gains come from. Uh, he also, a lot of people don't think that he'll develop to be a workhorse back. He's 5'10", like I said, 217, so he's not a very big back. And if you watch him on film, one of the biggest knocks I guess I would say on him is, is he's not running through a lot of guys. He does get taken down kind of easily at times, which is obviously not something you want to see at the NFL level because these defenders are going to be bigger, faster, um, and, and he's a little bit compact in his size. So my overall summary for him is, uh, oops, shit. He's an all-around running back who I think has some great traits, mo traits moving into the NFL. Um, I already, as I mentioned, when I scout running backs, vision and lateral speed are the biggest things for me, and I think he's one of the best in the class. With that, his ability to make one cut and run is effective in gaining positive yards. He most likely um, won't combine. Oh my god, I don't, I don't know what I just wrote here. Uh, his all-around skill set to me is intriguing. I do believe he's a running back that can end up as a starter and be a starter for an NFL team. His draft capital with the way that NFL teams are kind of devaluing running backs at this point, I don't think he's going to be anywhere probably in the top three rounds. I think at best he's low-end third round, probably a fourth-round pick. Landing spots, I'm not going to read all of them up. I pretty much listed every team that needs a running back, but like teams like Miami, the Jets, the Steelers, I don't think they're going to wait that long. They probably grab a guy earlier. So teams with not as many picks later in the rounds, I think might take a stab at him are Houston and Seattle. And I would actually love both of those spots for him, specifically Seattle with the way they kind of run the ball. I think he profiles really well to play in that run scheme. And then my player comes. Oh boy, here it comes. I, I will preface this by saying when I give player comps, I don't go for the low end like Felix does when he says he looks like Devonta Freeman. That's the low end for me, I think. I shoot for the stars, baby, because that's what I'm all about. I want this guy to succeed because I love him. Kareem Hunt. That's who I think he has a chance to be. If, if everything pans out for him, he's, he seems he, he plays a lot like Kareem Hunt to me. So that's my take on, on Jefferson.
said he's he's an all-around guy that I really like. He's my fourth-rated running back in this class. I've got him above Servin. I've got him above Gainwell even just because I like everything he does. He's a lot like what I – I'm not comparing the two because J.K. Dobbins is better. But when J.K. came out last year, my biggest thing with J.K. was is that he's good at everything, but he's not necessarily great at anything. And we've seen that, I think, in the NFL with the way he's just a very consistent runner. He's very good. And I think Jamar Jefferson has a chance to be just like that when he gets to the NFL. So just to follow up there, quick, are you tossing out his second year almost completely? Yes. Yeah, in your eval. So just because we talked about Dobbins and we talked about on the Debbie Debate podcast that – the injury, I think, killed him a lot because it's hard. You know, it, it, I will use Dobbins. We talked about it with – it may have been on the off after show. I can't remember. But Dobbins kind of had the same thing happen to him at Ohio State. I don't think any of us would say Dobbins is not a talented player. He had that injury, and then Urban Meyer just committed to Mike Weber. And I think we can all agree Mike Weber is not nearly as good as J.K. Dobbins was. And that's the same thing that happened to Jefferson. When he came back, Artavius Pierce was the guy, and it became like a 60-40 split with Pierce being the starting running back. And Jefferson still flashed, but he was not the guy out there. He was only coming out there sometimes on third downs to catch the ball or in in receiving situations. So I think he really kind of got pushed to the back end. And then this year he came out, and I mean, look at what he did in just those six games against some really good competition too. It's not like he was playing, I don't, I don't know who the worst team in the Pac-12 is every single week, but he was actually having good games in against defenses where I think if we're all being honest too, they don't have anybody else on Oregon State. So you knew who you had to stop in Jamar Jefferson, especially as I mentioned, his first four games, he rushed for over 100 yards. Two of those was over 220. So it's not like they didn't know who they needed to stop on Oregon State's offense, and they still couldn't do it. And and that, for me, I think is the big thing for him. Well, it's hard for him to play the worst team in the Pac-12 when he was probably on the worst team in the Pac-12, Like to be honest. yeah, That's a great point. And that's what I think leads in more to my point. They had one of the lowest-rated offensive lines as well, and he still was able to put up the stats that he did. Yeah. Felix, what do you think about about, his I I worry about whether or not he has a a trait, an NFL trait to hang his hat on. I think that you commented that his vision was his best asset as a running back, and I just don't gravitate towards – towards backs like that. I mean, Kareem Hunt had 41 receptions his last year at Toledo and was kind of always the man. There was never an Artavis Pierce that was keeping him um, from the field. I I like um, Jamar Jefferson as a well-rounded day three kind of player, but he's not someone that I'm going to get excited about. But that's par for the course for most of the running backs in this class, and I just don't see anything that separates him um, from the rest of the pack. And he's listed at Let's see. He's listed at 200. I don't know. I don't have his height, but he's listed at 217 217 pounds. I I would actually be surprised if he was if he was that size. I mean, um, he looks slight to me, Um, uh, slight enough where where, you know, I wouldn't consider his size to be a plus. Um, So I don't really have a very strong opinion on on. Uh, Jamar Jefferson other than you know he didn't have a great sophomore season I don't think that he has an NFL trait that he can rely on consistently other than his vision and that's just not something I uh, gravitate towards so yeah his value for me seems like it's going to be like um, like he'd almost have to be opportunistic like a Miles Gaskin or something like that um, like I know he'll probably get drafted higher, um, you know, have more draft capital than a guy like that. But um, I don't think anybody's taking him to be a starter going into next year. 
personally. Um, and yeah, if he's 216, because like he's listed at 217 and Kareem Hunt at the combine weighed 216, Kareem Hunt ain't no 216 and Jamar Jefferson ain't no 217. Like, there's like if you watch Kareem Hunt, he's like 225. Like, he, he's not that size anymore. So, I, I don't know. I, I like the Devonta Freeman, like, kind of like that slashing, like, not overly physically gifted kind of back that make maybe makes a splash for like three or four years in the NFL and then is kind of gone. I, I think and I don't really care what Kareem Hunt's times were at the combine. He that dude was physically gifted. You could see it at uh at at Toledo. Um and I just I don't know. I don't I don't see I I I compared him I compared Jefferson to Devonta Freeman because Austin, as you said, he doesn't seem to be overly physical, doesn't have the, the specific physical gifts, but he's well rounded enough that if he finds himself in a situation, yeah, he could work his way into a starting role. And Devonta Freeman was what taken in the fourth round coming out of Florida State. So um that's that's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Any last words on Jamar Jefferson, guys? Uh, Bruning, I may have missed this. Where do you have him being selected? Do you think he's a day two pick? I think he's at best late third. I think likely fourth round pick. That, that'd be my oh, guess. Okay. Would be a fourth round pick. Like I said, be- at best case would be a late third round pick. But I, I think more than likely he's going to go in the fourth round. Like I said before, obviously that was after or the before show we were just talking. I don't hate the Devonta Freeman comp. I, I do think that he could very much be Devonta Freeman. I think he would actually, in my opinion, be more successful because Devonta Freeman's downfall was the injuries where really Jeff, people, I, I hate when people label players injury prone after one year. He's had one injury in three years of college. It was an ankle injury that held him out two whole games. Like he's not injury prone. He's never had any durability issues outside of that. I know um, a guy that I know, Felix, you are always talking to. I can't remember is Damien. Is it Parsons is his last name? DP mm-hmm. underscore yeah. NFL. Yeah, he brought that up. He's like, oh, I heard that he had he's had injury issues. Why like, he's not? He's had one injury, cost him two games his sophomore season. So I, I do. If he ends up Devonta Freeman again, you're likely going to be able to get him if he goes fourth round, maybe end of the second, early third in your rookie drafts. And if he ends up being Devonta Freeman, in my opinion, and that's what I stated in my nerds article, and I'll say here, it's going to be a steal for you in your rookie drafts this year because I do think that means he has a shot to be a starter at the NFL. And he, if he lands on a team like Seattle. Well, if they end up getting gay, I don't want him to go to Seattle. But if he ends up on a team like Seattle with a good offensive coordinator or Houston who needs a running back, he could end up being that all-around guy that you're right. He's probably not going to be like a top-five running back for fantasy or in the NFL, but he'll be in that middle tier, and he'll help you win games. And, I, you know, I this is neither here nor there, but I don't think that he's the type of running back that Seattle would draft. I mean, Seattle's always drafting – those size speed freaks. Minnesota is the same way. Um, they like their spark athletes there. And I just, I don't see um, Seattle taking a back like Jefferson, who's pr- probably not going to be elite in any of the athletic tests. Was Chris Carson this? Uh, yes. Have you, yes. Chris Carson is like a 90th percentile speed score. Wow. Uh, like going in at two. Crap. Yeah, going in at two two hundred twenty five pounds and running a four four what four or five whatever he did, but yeah, Chris Carson was uh, an elite spark athlete. So so then let me ask you this: Well, we're not going to so have Carlos Hyde combine. Hyde. We're not going to have a combine. So never. Well, they didn't draft Carlos Hyde. The 49ers did, but they they ended up getting Carlos Hyde. I'm just I'm just saying I mean I'm just saying that that's that's the profile that they look for so, in all, of, all of their teams. There are some of these teams that look for that. Minnesota's one. Yeah. Seattle's one. So, 
if if say that obviously we're not going to have a combine this year, so you got to take the pro days with a grain of salt or whatever it is they do. Say that he runs a a four or five flat. You're going to have to add some stuff on there, obviously, because it's the pro day. They're going to help him out. Would that sh- not shoot him up? But would that help his case some in your eyes if he comes in with a with a, a speed like that? No, no, no. no. The problem is, I think if he wanted to run that, he'd have to lose. Well, presumably, you know, if he's actually 217, I don't like, I think he'd have to lose a couple pounds. And at that point, then you get into the discussion of, well, now is he like too light? And if he gains the weight back, like he's too slow. I don't know. That's, that's always like such a tough conversation to have. Um, all right. So I think that's it on that. I'll, I'll hop right into Khalil Herbert here then. Um, so Herbert's, uh, was a very low three star coming out of high school. Um, he only had offers um, from Georgia State, Appalachian State, FIU, Fordham, and Kansas. And to be honest, like I, I'd rather have the Appalachian State offer than the Kansas offer. Like I, he did not. He went. He, I guess he was hell bent on going Power Five. Um, he's from Florida, um, and he actually went to a huge high school. He went to um, um, his his high school has like two different campuses, um, and like up with like forty two hundred students. Uh, so it's it's an enormous high school. They crank out a ton of NFL guys. Um, Sony Michelle went there. Isaiah McKenzie, um, a bunch of other like older player players. Brian Burns um, all went to his his high school. So they're they're known for producing talent. Um, he just seems to be a guy that maybe not a ton of people wanted. Um, so he made his way to Kansas, um, and Kansas was pretty much atrocious his whole time there, which was it worked out for him because he he was able to get into games pretty quickly uh, as a true freshman in 2016. He uh, played in eight games, had 44 carries, 189 yards, three touchdowns, uh, caught a couple passes for about 50 yards as well. So, you know, part-time player is a true freshman in a, in a major conference. Uh, definitely not a bad thing. Uh, 2017 uh, got into more of a full-time role, had 120 carries for 663 yards, uh, four touchdowns, and um, caught a couple of passes that season as well. So, you know, just kind of continued on that, that upward trajectory. Um, same thing the next season. Like all of his seasons at Kansas are just very similar. Like the, there is not a lot of upside in those offenses. Um, you know, not a lot of touchdown opportunity, not a lot of long drives, high scoring games. Um, so, I mean, the guy averaged somewhere between four and a half and five and a half yards every year there. Um except for his last season where he had 43 carries for 384 yards and two touchdowns. So he averaged 8.9 yards per carry. I think he had like one or two huge carries that season, which which really buoyed those stats. Um, but then decided to leave Kansas that year. Um, so he grad transferred over to Virginia tech. Um, and he, that is, has ended up being probably uh, the best decision he's made along the way here. Um, because Virginia Tech really used him to his potential. I thought um, they brought in Raheem Blackshear from Rutgers this year, and I thought he was going to get a lot more touches. Um, but uh, Herbert outtouched him this year, had 155 carries, 1,183 yards, eight touchdowns, and then 10 catches for 179 yards. Um, obviously, though, this being his fifth year, he is an older kid. Uh, I believe he's 23 years old, or at least will be by the time the next season rolls around. Um, so definitely something to monitor there. Um, so just beyond those kind of background things, um, he's listed at five nine two twelve on Virginia Tech's website. 
I think 212 might be exaggerating a little bit. His pockets might have been full on weigh-in day because um, he does not really look 212. I would have guessed maybe a shade over 200, but definitely not any more than that. Um, and his running style, yeah, I mean, is is within that kind of um, uh, framework. Uh, he's a very elusive runner. Um, once you get him in space, he's very shifty, hard to get your hands on him. He, that doesn't mean he doesn't have any power. I would say, you know, he's he's fairly average at that, especially for what his size is. You'd you'd probably expect him to to maybe not run quite as hard as he can, but he's not the kind of guy that you're giving goal line touches to or really using in in short yardage situations at all. Um, the as far as his rushing ability, he is a very smart runner, and I'm not even sure it's necessarily a vision thing. The kid just understands like those mo- that momentum and angles and just those things that like you know you see these running backs come up every now and then and they understand that and you can create extra yardage just on that kind of savvy alone. It's like playing a bunch of old dudes in basketball at the Y where they you know are hitting hook shots and you know all these weird things and it- it's really effective for him. Um, but where I think he's going to make a lot of his money in the NFL is going to be in the passing game because he is pretty dangerous after the catch. Um, if you look at his, he had 17.9 yards per uh, reception this year. Um, and it actually, like I, I went and looked at all of his catches just to see, and it wasn't like he had like some 80 yard catch that he took to the house and everything else was, was short stuff. Um, he had multiple games this year where he averaged over 20 yards per reception. That was kind of the norm for him. So I think um, with, with the decent hands um, and, and his ability to, to make some people miss in space, I think that's probably where his game is going to, to rest at the next level as far as an athlete good burst um i wish it was better for his size um if you're gonna come in as an undersized back i really want to see you you know have nice long speed have really nice agility um i think that's going to kill his former uh backfield mate at kansas puka williams this year and and it's not looking great in my opinion for herbert in that regard as well um as a blocker he's willing and he generally makes the correct read but he does get blown up at times um obviously again due to his his weight so i'm not sure if that's necessarily something that he that he fixes um and and i just made a note i put here i'm not gonna lie i don't think he weighs 112 if he weighs in at that at the combine though i think he might jump a couple of spots on my board just because i think that's gonna be a big big thing for him um going into next year so uh, I, I I I dropped him a little bit here after watching him actually specifically for this show. Um, I now have him as my running back ten in the class. I put uh, Jamar Jefferson and Javian Hawkins both jumped him here. Um, I have him. He's not he's not going to go any earlier than the fourth round in my opinion, and I think even that would be a stretch. I think he's going to be a day uh, mid day three guy. I think I think he'll go a little earlier than late day three. Um, so like maybe like the fifth round. Um, I I think might be the range where you start expecting to hear his name called. Um, And comp wise, I comped him. He's, he's a little less dynamic than Tony Pollard, but movement wise, he reminds me a lot of him when he was at Memphis We're kind of that slippery, you know, um, savvy running style that, that is, that is a little unique. Like you don't see it all the time out of some of these guys. Um, So what do you guys think about, about Herbert? Well, I got a question for you. So I I didn't consider him to be a pass catcher, but it sounds like you consider that that's going to be his – he'll be able to do that at the next level. I mean, if that's the case, given his um, 
the fa- the fact that he does have some things in his tool belt as far as uh, lateral agility and eluding tacklers. He's that sounds attractive to me. I haven't watched. Uh, I mean, Bruning brought up Khalil Herbert earlier in the season on the Debbie debate, and I watched a little bit after that, and um, watched a little bit in anticipation of today's conversation. But he's never someone that really popped for me. But if Austin, if you're saying that he is a pass catcher, in addition to what he adds as a runner, I, then that is someone that I actually would be um, interested in taking. You know, in the third round of dynasty rookie drafts. Um, because I think he has proven himself as a runner. Uh, it's just my question was whether he's my that that was my question is is he a two down back? Is he a small two down back? And if you're saying that he can add something as as a pass catcher, then I'm, I'm interested. He is a good pass catcher. My problem with this class, like, and I think that probably will help him a little bit, is that like outside, really, if you think of some of these running backs, like like Najee Harris isn't a pat like he he's a very good pass catcher, but he's not a pass catching back. I think really the only true, like a very high level elite pass catching back in this class is Kenny Gainwell. After that, then like you're mixing in like Michael Carter, you're mixing in Javian Hawkins, who I don't think is like a great pass catcher. Um, Demetric Felton might be another one. I know he's working out at wide receiver a little bit at the senior bowl here uh, in the next week or so. But like outside of those guys, there aren't a lot of those, those player profiles in this draft. So I, that will help him a little bit, I think. When you when you say you know elite pass catcher, are you meaning like first you know Gainwell is a guy that you're going to put in the slot and have run routes as opposed to these other guys are just kind of options out of the backfield on screens and stuff like that or yeah and it, that and then where a guy where I think that's like his role like I don't think like your Kenny Gainwell is not going to get more than a couple of handoffs a game in my opinion in the NFL. Same with Michael Carter. Like it's like the Naheem Hines, Giovanni Bernard. Like they'll fill in as a running back in a pinch if you've got a guy that's that's injured or something like that. But I don't want to trust them with a ton of touches. So I, I just want to be throwing them passes if possible. Well, I, I think the question is going to be like if we go down the list of wide receivers, how far do we get before we really want to take someone like Khalil Herbert or like you know Jamar Jefferson? Um, because there are, I, you know, I, I think we all agree that uh, this is a this is a very deep wide receiver group, and we I think we can foresee a lot of wide receivers getting that draft capital that some of the running backs don't. Um, so, where do you have Jefferson versus Herbert, Matt? I have Jefferson much higher than Herbert. And I, I do love Herbert. I've got Herbert at uh, seven right now for me. I still I think that he's going to be very good. So like the the notes I have on here on him is a, a kind of a lot of what you just said. Uh, I agree. I think he's a disciplined runner. I think he's got good vision, but it's more of he sets up his his blockers really well and takes excellent angles. I think he's got good contact balance, uh, really good with this with the small cuts needed to make big plays. Uh, he's got sufficient burst, but not anything that's like flashy. I agree. He's shown a lot more in the passing game this year. Uh, he's looked a lot better than I expected him to. I did want to mention really quick Jamar Jefferson because I meant to say this. I forgot uh, 27.3% dominator rating this year. So Khalil Herbert, what I have for him, he's actually one of, as, as Austin mentioned, one of the more elusive guys in this class of uh, 42 Mr. Broken Tackles, which comes in as a fifth in this class, just behind guys like uh, uh, actually was a, uh, one behind ETN, who was who was four, but obviously Javante, Michael Carter, who you just mentioned, uh, and then my God, his name just jumped up as I just clicked off the thing. Najee Harris was was right up there as well. So he he's a very elusive back. Um, I I like the Tony Pollard comp. I kind of comped him to Lamar Miller 
that that's kind of who I I thought he reminded me a lot of. So, and again, I don't, you know, I don't think that's a, a bad compliment. Lamar Miller, kind of like what we just talked about with Devonta Freeman had some very good years in the NFL. I, I do think that Herbert's probably more of a, uh, like a, a second guy in a committee, maybe he can take over and do a little bit here and there, but I don't think he's a guy that you can like entrust to be your starting running back every single week. If that makes sense. I think he's a guy who can fill in kind of like what Tony Pollard has done for Zeke, right? Like he he'll go in there and he can fill in for him, but he's not a guy that you're going to give 200 plus carries to. And I, I think Herbert is right in that area too. And then, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes because I kind of agree with you, Austin, especially with what Felix was just mentioning with this wide receiver class and then the running backs ahead of him. Like I could see Herbert almost falling to like the sixth or seventh round just based with all the the different running backs in this class. And, and if that happens, does he even get a shot to get on the field with possible whatever goes on this year NFL COVID-wise? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, the one thing I will say, like Lamar is mu- Lamar Miller is much bigger than Khalil Herbert. Like Lamar Miller weighs two twenty five, so did he? I, I didn't realize that. that. So I, I'm working on this this piece, um, looking at how running back weight has shifted and whether we should be considering to shift like our parameters, like on the low end or the high end. And I, I he was like one of the he was I, I had to look him up to do it. And yeah, he he's listed at two hundred twenty five pounds, so hmm. significantly bigger than than I think Herbert's ultimately going to weigh in. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think the the grand finale here, the the piece de resistance, Felix, take her away. All right. And, and I, you know, I considered doing someone else uh, for tonight's show, but I actually didn't have time, and I can essentially do Ramondre Stevenson from from memory. Um, this is a kid coming out of out of Las Vegas who didn't have any offers and. That's understandable, but let's back up from his senior year to his junior year, where he was named by uh, the local newspaper as the player of the year there after running for about 1,400 yards. He gets to his senior season, and he breaks his foot after like the second game, doesn't play for the rest of his senior season. He did, however, um, before before he went out, he did his t- testing or whatever, and he has an ESPN recruiting page ran a 464 at 230 pounds so this is a high school junior or senior at 230 pounds running a 464 we consider saquon barkley who ran a 466 justin jefferson uh, who ran a 488 uh, and obviously jefferson and barkley were much lighter than 230 pounds when they did their high school their high school testing anyway breaks his foot his senior year it misses the rest of the season, doesn't have any offers, has like interest from Kansas, but doesn't have Kansas State, excuse me, doesn't have any actual offers. So doesn't have any offers from any junior colleges either. Sits out an entire year after his after he graduates from high school, lands himself at Cerritos College right outside or right near L.A. His freshman year, which was. Um, 2016, 2000, or excuse me, 2017, 2018, rushed for 501 yards, did okay. Uh, in the 2015, 2016 season is the one he actually sat out. And then 2018, 2019, he ran for 2,000 yards at Cerritos, Cerritos College. I don't care what level you're playing at, running for 2,000 yards is, um, is a big deal. Transfers to Oklahoma. Now, this is where I think we need to give some context to Ramondre's um, production profile. 
Because let's remember, transferring to Oklahoma 2019-2020, they got Jalen Hurts there. They've got uh, T.J. Pledger there. They've got uh, Kennedy Brooks. They've got Trey Sermon there. Jalen Hurts actually led the team in rushing with about 1,200 yards, and then the rest of the workload was split between a bunch of guys. All talented in their own right, but Ramondre was just one. I think he was the second leading rusher of the running backs. So that was working against him, the fact that they had Jalen Hurts running the ball. But I think the fact that they also had the, – the fact that he was a transfer worked against him. I've seen it myself is that I think that coaches tend to treat transfers like essentially like stepchildren because they want to – uh, keep the promises that they made to the families and to the players that they recruited right out of high school. Anyway, lots of talent in that OU backfield. But at the same time, Ramondre was fine, very efficient. He was uh, one of the um, leading rushers as far as yards per carry on that team. I think Kennedy Brooks was the leading rusher at like uh, the leading rusher statistically with yards, but Ramondre averaged eight yards a carry. Uh, in that season so he was a very efficient running back again we're talking about at this time he's six foot 247 pounds and then (laughs) goes to the bowl game last year and he and a defensive tackle test positive for thc suspended that suspended suspension rolls into this 2020 football season so he doesn't start he doesn't start this season, and so he's still under the radar. He's still under the radar, but he, you know, he breaks out. Um, and and I mean, I think everyone's kind of seen what he's done this season in those last six games, especially the bowl game where he had 180 yards or whatever it was. This is a 247 pound man, six foot, who runs like a 200 pound man. He has very light feet at times. At times, he has breakaway speed. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he gets caught from behind, but it doesn't matter because he has he is so versatile a runner. You want to talk about contact balance? This is a guy who will go head up with a defensive tackle at the goal line and spin out of that tackle and go into the end zone. You're not. I don't think that you're going to see that from any other running backs in this class. He is an adequate pass catcher. No, you're not going to run him on wheel routes uh, like you would with Kenny Gainwell, but he's a natural hands catcher. So, you know, so there's some context to that needs to be understood about Ramondre Stevenson's story, breaking his foot out of uh, high school, going into a stacked um, uh, backfield with the quarterbacks and the running backs at OU his first year there. But then he has shown, he has shown, um, that he, I mean, he can do it. He can do it all. I don't think that there's anything that he really can't do. So I'm really high on Ramondre Stevenson. I think that he's going to fit in any type of system. The question is going to be is whether or not he cares about football. 247 pounds is big. If he comes in at 230, 235, 238, somewhere around there, uh, and that's if he was going if there was going to be a combine. I mean, if he came in at the combine or what would have been the combine at something to show that that football means something to him, that he's going to take care of his body. That's really the only question that I have 
in addition to the character concerns, you know, you get a weed positive weed test. That's a red flag. But, you know, it happens. Um, but that's the only real question that I have about him is does he care about football? Does he care enough to keep his head on straight? Didn't have the grades to get into even a junior college coming out of high school. Um, and he's a he's he can get fatigued. He can get he's 247 pounds. He can get fatigued. So when his pro day comes, I guess that's going to be in March. That's when pro days usually come. I really want to see his weight down below 240 to show that, okay, this is someone who's going to take football seriously. And I think he's going to be very attractive to most NFL teams, either late day two in the third round or early day uh, three in the fourth round but I don't see him falling out of the fourth round because he can just do too much at that size that you don't, that you don't see. I don't have a comp for him. I don't really have a comp for him. I want to comp him to Jerome Bettis, but Jerome Bettis was, was, I mean, he was like Ramondre times two or three. Um, um, but he's on that spectrum. He's on that spectrum. He's not Eddie Lacy. He's not Eddie Lacy because I don't see him get as getting as fatigued as Eddie Lacy. And he runs with more lateral uh, lateral agility than I ever saw Eddie Lacy run. So that is my presentation on Ramondre Stevenson. I'll now take your questions. So you th- you think he's going to probably go uh, late third, fourth round? Does if he like because people are talking about him as like a, a a mid second round rookie pick? I think this year if he goes that low, like are you still interested in him in that range? Well, I mean, of course you are, but like objectively, like if you know, do you, if you need to run, there's like four running backs that I'm interested in this class in the first two rounds, and he's one of the four. So you know, I, I this is not a comparison, but when Kareem Hunt was coming out, it was a very similar um, trajectory as far as his draft projection. I mean, Kareem Hunt was a third round pick, but ended up being a first round pick in rookie drafts. But that's because uh, I forget his name, but got hurt in the preseason and and Kareem Hunt was going to end up being the starter. I think that Ramondre could have a similar trajectory. I'm not saying that he's going to have an injury in front of him, but wherever he lands, people are going to be like, oh, he could be the starter. So yeah, absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to be interested uh, in him in the middle of the second round. Really no questions asked because, again, I think that in the first 24 to 28 picks of rookie drafts, there are only four running backs that I'm going to be drafted. Now, maybe Kenny Gainwell gets day two draft capital from somebody. I'm like, okay, let's reassess here. But as far as right now, it's Javante Williams, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and Ramondre Stevenson that I'm interested in. And – I want to see Ramondre get late day two, early day three draft capital so I can, you know, have my bias confirmed. But we'll see. My my own the only thing that scares me about Ramondre is that he looks like he has some bad weight. Yeah. Like he, like he really you. does. And I'm not sure like if if he loses that weight, does he become less effective? Uh, does it you know change how he change how he plays a little bit? And like I just I have some body comp questions for him 
but I do like him. I'm, I mean, you know, I, I famously called him too big on one show and then the next one had to apologize to you. So um, <laughs> I think, I think we all know where I stand on him more or less, but um, that that's like my, my really only big concern for him. And the fact that, like I said, I've heard people report that some NFL teams don't view him actually as a running back. So I think his draft capital is going to be telling in that regard. Like we'll, we'll, we'll probably have that information before we go to draft for our rookie drafts. You look at like draft services that have rankings and Ramondre is like down in the twenties and thirties. And I just think that, you know, through the draft process, he's really going to shoot up. You mentioned bad weight. I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's why he has to show that he cares about football. So coming in under 240 pounds is like a must. It's like a bust. He has to show. But if he does that, like if it, if you told me Ramondre Stevenson lost 20 pounds, then I'd say, oh, he's going to be a, a second round draft pick. If he came in at 230, 235, I'd say, oh, he's going to be a second round draft pick. I don't believe that he's going to lose any of his effectiveness um, if he loses the weight because, it, two, first of all, 230 pounds is still big for a running back. And he has too many tools to lose it. I mean, he's he can run with agility. He can run with contact balance. He can run with power. Um, so given his versatility, I think that he's going to find s- some way to find – use. One, he's going to be able to use one of those tools to find success uh, at the next level. Might even be for your Pittsburgh Steelers, Austin. Wouldn't hate it, depending on the range. Yeah. Matt, you've been, you've been uh, suspiciously quiet over there for – past few minutes oh you know my mother taught me if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all so i'm just gonna no i, I don't hate Ramondre. i think he's very good i've got him like right around eight nine i'm not exactly sure where i have him. i don't have him that low i just i'm not a hundred percent sold on him i hate because i do think sometimes when players prove what they can do in, in one year they should still not be undervalued i don't care about breakout age or when they do it whatever if you break out in college football in my opinion you're still a good player and I just, I'm curious as to why it took him so long, and maybe Felix did explain some of that. I did kind of black out there for a minute because all I do is see Cheeseburger Eddie whenever I see uh, Ramondre Stevenson. But no, I think he's going to be you know I think he's going to be a good player. I want to see where he gets drafted in the NFL. I do agree with Felix. He showed a lot in the receiving game. I think he profiles more as a two down back, but I I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on a team like Pittsburgh and they use him as a three down back. He's definitely more of a North South runner than anything else in my opinion. And, but there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of need for that for NFL teams as well. He's a guy I think fits perfectly in like a zone run scheme. So if he ends up on a team like that, I think he's going to be very good. And I was, the other reason I was trying to think of what Felix was saying, was it Spencer Ware or Jamal Charles? It had to have been one of those two, right? What that was guy, Kareem, Kareem Hunt took over. It had to have been one of those two. I can't remember which one it is now. I was trying to look it up, but my I, it it keeps talking about when Kareem Hunt got cut. No, it was uh, I can't remember. Uh, it was the running back from LSU who um, who bounced around the league, but then you know was, eventually found himself with with Kansas City. It, it, Spencer it was where it was where it was where on Wikipedia. Yeah, okay, yeah, Spencer where. Well, that's what I said. I couldn't remember if that was the year because Jamal. I can't remember if Jamal Charles was still there. If that was the year because he left that final no. year, was that the year that he left? And I guess Spencer Ware took I, over. I don't. I I know that Spencer Ware took over because Spencer Spencer Ware in the preseason was like he might have even been a first round draft pick and yeah, he got hurt. That, you know, he, his value got really high, and then he tore his ACL in the preseason. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I mean, I, I will be honest as well. I do need to do more work on Ramondre. I, I haven't done a whole lot on him. I did a lot of the charting stuff, and I actually tagged Felix in the 
And the thing I think I sent it to you guys because he came in with 14% uh, loss, no gain runs, which means, I mean, he was right there in the middle of this class, like the high end middle of this class. So, I mean, he showed right there with me when I was looking at it that he clearly most for most of his runs gets positive yardage. And there's guys that are ranked ahead of him by a lot of people who are way down on that list. You know, a, I mean, Khalil Herbert's one of them. He's at 18%. You've got JV and Hawkins, 30% consistently getting stopped in line. We just talked about Puka Williams there. They're 25%. Like, so Ramondre's up there. He's a very good runner. I just, Maybe it's I need to watch more of them. I think I've only watched two games on them so far, like fully gone in and watched two games on them. So maybe I need to watch more of him to kind of get a better better picture of him. He's a guy that, depending on where he goes in the NFL and where he falls in rookie drafts, I wouldn't mind taking him, but I don't know if I take him in the second round. Like, I, I think – go ahead. I was just going to say, I think, speaking of film, I think that you can watch the 2019 tape also. Very efficient player. Never had double-digit carries until this season. So, but was still an efficient player. So I don't just, I mean, you can watch him in 2019 too uh, and see what he did with those carries. Yeah, I try to mix it up. I try to get film from previous years and then the final year. So this year to, to kind of, because I don't want to go just based on this year. Like I, when I watched Jamar Jefferson, I did three from each year and then just kind of mixed in other ones. I would try to find his best and worst game out of each year, watch those, and then three different games any, every single year to kind of get a better picture of him. So, yeah, he's a guy I definitely need to look more into. So I, jokingly, I, I was saying that I really don't have anything bad to say about Ramondre. I, wanna, I do want to see more on him, but if he ends up coming out as high as Felix has him, then I'd be willing to take him in the second round. But I think for me right now, it would really have to depend who's on the board. Cause I think a lot of those wide receivers that we were talking about in the, in the last episode, probably fall into the, some guys fall in the second round. I think I'd rather take one of those guys over a guy like Ramondre Stevenson right now. Um, speaking of like watching that old tape, Khalil Herbert would probably be the only running back this year where I don't watch any of his old tape because have you watched Kansas's offense the past couple yeah. years? Like this isn't even like a joke. I've already watched Puka's. It's awful. It's awful. Like it don't watch Kansas offense guys. Just take our word for it. Uh, it's not good. Puka is not very good. Like none of it's good. So well, it makes sense why Puka opted out now. Yeah. I mean, they were just letting him get killed for no reason. Yeah. Might as well preserve his tiny, tiny little body. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think that's all we have to say for our three chosen players here. Um, next week, guys, are we doing quarterback? Are we doing wide receiver? What do, what would you guys prefer? We get well. We haven't done tight end yet, but we don't have oh, to do tight, we ends. Done tight ends. Okay, do so we want to do tight do, ends? I don't know. I'll let you guys decide. I was the one who decided we we're doing running backs this week, so we'll leave it up to one of you two to decide what we're doing. I never have like a strong. It doesn't matter. I know. You don't ever tease the audience. You always leave it up to me. And I was just like, what running back are you going to do, Felix? Well, I'm going to do a guy who plays the running back position that's probably in college football right now that's likely coming out in the 2021 class. All right. All right. Great tease, Felix. Great tease. Yeah, I I just – I don't know. I have to get into. I got to get into the week and see who am I really interested in. Whose story is compelling? No, I got you. So then, at least pick the position this week. Who are we, who are we going to break down next Friday? You don't have is, to give away your well, player. Is, but. Is, is, is tight end an inch? Like, is that a good show? If we do tight ends, well, I don't know. What do we talk about? Fun? We've got like eight ish guys that we'd be willing to break down. Austin, I'm me and you talk about Tommy Tremble. I'm excited about Tommy Tremble. Right. Well, yeah, no, I'm saying so like there's probably eight ish guys. So you we could probably do two episodes, maybe like just knock out yeah. four in one and, and four yeah. in another. I was just thinking like, am I gonna be excited to do a tight end show? And I think I could be, yeah. 
Zach Davidson. I want to hear you talk about Zach Davidson. Oh yeah. Oh I'm, no, yeah. Let's be tight ends. I'm so yeah, intrigued by this kid now that you've that yeah. you've been talking about. Yeah. All right. So yeah. so we're gonna do tight ends. Felix is going to do either Zach Davidson or Tommy Tremble. Well, I guess we'll have to turn in tune in next Friday, or technically it's gonna drop on Monday. We keep saying Friday on Monday to find out. Austin, who are you gonna do? So I know who I'm doing. All right. So I guess I'll look for someone like a little more under the radar since he's doing one of those two guys. Oh man. I also just like, haven't heard from like half these guys, like is Peyton Hendershot coming out? Like, I, I don't know no. if some of these guys are even coming I out. I don't think Hendershot's coming out. I think he went back. I will leave. I'll leave Hunter long for you. I'll take, I'm going to take Noah gray out of Duke. He's a guy that interests me a little bit. And he's at the shrine game uh, this week, I think, or last week or whenever it was. All right. Well, since they're, they're going to do two boring guys, I'm going to do Kyle Pitts. Zach Davidson is not boring. There's nothing wow. boring about Zach Davidson. A six foot seven, 250 pound dude who runs like a wide receiver. That is not, that's not boring. Yeah. We'll see. Almost a thousand yards. Couldn't play this year at central Missouri, but we, I guess I shouldn't, that's too much of a tease, huh? But you know who's going to be better? Kyle Pitts. Never heard of him. That's why. But you will find he's out. He's not going to have eleven hundred yards. I can tell you that much. <laughs> You're right. He's not. You know who is what? Kyle Pitts. No, I'm, that's what I'm talking about, Kyle Pitts. Oh, that's yeah, you're I'm right. Saying. Kyle, Kyle Pitts, Pitts is not going to have 1,200 yards. yards. What, that like who, what does Bruning have to do when eventually next season Kyle Pitts has, you know, 700 yards receiving or whatever it is? Is he singing I'm Michigan Kyle. Fight Song? Is that what he's oh, doing? He that? All right. Oh, that's right, because it's hail, I had to tell you what Hail to the Victors was. Yeah, because so. they don't ever win. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no idea what the song was. <laughs> God, that is a shitty song. I, 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 Felix's whistling rendition of that show of that song should be the new intro to the show. Nope. If so, I mean, hey, see if Colin's available on Friday nights. Now it's been a pleasure doing shows with you guys, and you know, I'll catch you guys around. Such a party pooper. Ugh, I can't stand Michigan. It hurts just to even say it. Like I feel like I'm having a heart attack saying just saying the name. So is that are we are we just gonna keep chatting here for a few minutes or we you want us to wrap it up? Oh, well, we can cut it whenever our you pe- want. Our pizza's here, so uh, I, like pizza. yeah, I just heard I just heard them knock on the door. All right, that seems like a good uh, a good ending. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Alabama! Devontae Smith, touchdown, Alabama! And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter and Bell caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill 
just in front of his end zone, has a man out there, it is Rager, and he's off to the races, nobody will catch him! Freshman. Made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.